You're listening to Fight in Progress. With your hosts and stress coaches, founder of Under the Shield, Susan Simmons, and TomTheBomb.com. Fight in Progress grapples with the internal and external struggles in the daily lives of our men and women in law enforcement, the armed forces, and first responders. Tackling the tough topics and supporting those who support us. We hear you, and we're here for you. Welcome back to Under the Shield Presents Fight in Progress. Hello, Susan. How are you today? I'm good, Tom. How are you? Good. You've been busy today already. Oh my God, like I've normal. been busy for two weeks. <laughs> I've been busy for 31 years. I don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, this is this back-to-back and changing hats 12 times in a day is... Yeah. Yeah. I actually had a client I didn't know I had who showed up in the middle of the end of another session. So that's, Yeah, that's always convenient. Uh, yeah. At least it was at the end of another one. Fortunately, it, I, I didn't think... It, with the end, but it became the end very suddenly. So all good. <laughs> yep, we make it. We make it work. Yeah, as long as it all worked out, that's yeah. what, that's what counts. And then I got three days of training coming up with MCSO this week, and that knocks out a whole lot of stuff too. So yeah, yeah just good times. That'll make the end of your week even busier, probably. I thought people in the holidays. <laughs> I thought once Halloween got here, everybody's supposed to be like, I don't want to talk about anything. Right. I'll call you after the first yeah. of the year, but that ain't working out this yeah. way. But yeah, so what's new? Um, not much. Nothing new with me. Well, we have a an interesting guest today, and she's kind of near and dear to me because of the fact that we're both Marine moms. And, yes. uh, you know, I kind of figure everybody in the Marine Corps is related to me somehow once you give birth <laughs> to one of them. <laughs> well, Stacy Fiddler, who our guest is, she gave birth to two Marines. I know. I, I, I would have no gray matter left. Bless your heart. Uh, yeah. There's no way. <laughs> no, I struggle with the one I had <laughs> when he was in there. And, uh, yeah. So, Stacy, welcome to the show, and, and my hat's off to you, dear. I, I, I feel like all of us Marine moms are very special people. I agree. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I was uh, laughed. I even told somebody in church, I guess it came up because of Veterans Day, uh, we were talking about it, and I said, yeah, that there was a colonel in the Army in the airport when my son was deployed to the desert, and I told him, I said, you know, we're not using our most valuable resource. And he looked at me, he says, what do you mean? I said, you need to deploy the Marine mom with the Marine. Could you let somebody come near my child with a sheet wrapped around their head? I'm taking out whole civilizations <laughs> and I'm not bound by your Geneva Convention or your rules of engagement. <laughs> and, he, and he looked at me almost serious and he was like, you know, Susan, you may be onto something. <laughs> so welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me. Well, give us a little background and tell us tell us about you and your and your Marines. Oh well, I'm a I'm a mom of four, two girls, two boys. Um, both my boys joined Corps. My oldest son Dan is still in; he's a chief warrant officer four, and my younger son was in for seven and a half years, um, but had gotten injured in Afghanistan. My youngest daughter met her husband. Um, after her brother was injured in the hospital and um, he was injured in Afghanistan and lost both of his legs. Wow. Isn't that crazy? It really is. But, you know, what an amazing story, though, and positive, oh, yeah. positive that came from that. Yep. Yep. So. So you live in Pennsylvania area. Okay. And yes. in so my wife introduced me to you through a book called Mighty Moms. I, yes. think, I think was the name of the book. And so I, I read your story. We read a couple other. Uh, in fact, Tyler Jeffries, who does Hook and Veterans, he was on our mm-hmm. podcast. And he was there at the same time you guys were there, correct? At Walter yep, Reed? he lived right down the floor from me. <laughs> yeah. um, so that's how I learned about you. And I don't know if you're still doing this, but in that book that I read, it said that you milk cows. Nope, I quit that job about a year ago. Okay. <laughs> Where I in Pennsylvania are you? <laughs> Obviously not downtown Pittsburgh or Philadelphia. But <laughs> no, we're we're out in the country in northern Berks County. We're halfway between Harrisburg and Allentown. <laughs> that so makes yeah, sense. I, I milked out. I I I worked on the farm for twenty one years, but it was time to move on. 
<laughs> you know, I think I could put that on my bucket list. I think that's something I probably need to try. You've never tried milk in a cow? I have never tried. Being, born and raised in the South, you'd think I would have. Uh, but no, but I think, is it is it hard to do? No. It, uh, somehow I think there's an art to it. It's all automatic anymore. You just clean yeah. it up and put it on. Yeah, you just put on the... Oh, no, I don't want to, I don't want to do the vacuum. No, I want to do it by hand. I used to do that years ago when I, when I was, lived at home. <laughs> yeah, I think I may have to find some place and try that one day, just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we could we could make that arrangement. I, 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 yeah, I don't know about in Arizona, but yeah, somewhere I can find a place. I'm sure. So, your youngest son was in for seven years total, right? Uh, seven and a half. Yeah, seven and a half years. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then he what? He was getting ready to go for deployment, like back in September of 2011, right? Yes, he left. I took him to the airport on September 11, 2011. I, I think it was pretty interesting, too, that you said in the book that you had commented that you had kind of a feeling of dread when you were dropping him off at the airport. Yeah, so my other son had deployed several times, and um, he we never really worried about him, but he was always that kid that thought about things before he did stuff. <laughs> And so when uh, Mark was totally opposite, even though they joined the same Marine Corps. And so he was always the kid that his idol was the guy who threw himself on the grenade. And um, have, That's so, mine. That's mine. Uh, yeah, I, yes. I get that. Mm-hmm. So we all kind of had a little bit of a feeling that um, it wouldn't turn out as easy as the other ones did <laughs> when his brother deployed. Yeah. And then, and I guess... Let's see. When Mark was younger, he broke both of his legs. Isn't that correct? Yep. In a car accident, the airbag hit his feet on the dash, and the airbag broke both his legs. <laughs> and and so, he broke an arm riding four wheeler. Well, after that, after he broke both of his legs, didn't there wasn't there some kind of a, like running joke that he was he would be fine if he lost his legs, so he could be the get the um, those. The blade yeah, runners. I know what you're talking about, but he he didn't like dog poop, and he oh, yeah. said he'd rather cut his feet off. So then, um, then step he, in he it. He did make the comment that he, if he lost his legs, he could at least get the cool running legs. You know, they are a special breed, is all I can say. Yeah, they are. <laughs> And, and and he was injured on what day? September 11th? No. no. He, he left on September 11th. Yeah. He was injured October 3rd, 2011. Okay. Okay. All right. Wow. So that was a uh, pretty tough day for you. Kind of turned your world upside down, correct? Um. Yeah. But we didn't know the extent of his injuries. So right. at first it was like, okay, here we go. I told my boss, I well, he was injured on a Monday. He was only going to get to um, Maryland at the hospital on Friday. So I worked until Friday, and then we packed and went to, luckily for us, it's an easy drive. Mm-hmm. And I told my boss I'd be back in a couple of days, <laughs> three and a half years later. <laughs> yeah. Was your job waiting on you three and a half years later? <laughs> well, I would go home on weekends and help. So, yes, I still had my job. That's that's good that he was able to hold your job for you. I have yeah. to ask, was Mark, at what point did Mark decide he was going in the Marine Corps? When he was about four or five. Was there something that prompted it or it was just something? His dad was a Marine. Okay. All right. He did two tours in Vietnam. Wow. Yeah, and his dad didn't want them to go, so that's probably why they went. <laughs> Absolutely. And he should have known better. <laughs> He should have known that wasn't the way to to get him not to do it. He should have been telling him to do it. Yeah, Yeah, I have a a special story with a a Marine dad. Were you ever part of the online Proud proud Marine Moms? No. Yeah, I think that started after. I'm not sure. Well, he, uh, my son and another... uh, they were almost the exact same age. I think Blake was a little couple of months younger than mine, but they both decided after 9-11 uh, that they were going to go in the Marine Corps. 
and uh, William Marshall, mine would have, well, he and Chris both were born in 90, so that tells you, uh, you know, they were young, and uh, anyway, Blake um, Rogers was, they kind of ran a parallel story, and Blake was killed on uh, September 1st of 2010, uh, right before he was supposed to come home, a sniper got him, and uh, but his dad and I had become friends on uh, this website where we could all communicate and talk and laugh and joke about our crazy Marines and stuff. But uh, that's why I was asking about the um, what what led him into into the Marine Corps. But that makes sense if Dad was a Marine. Yeah, I didn't do much of anything online. I didn't have the smartphone until after Mark was injured, so. I didn't really have a computer or anything. I didn't have any of that stuff until afterward. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so how did you find out? I'm always curious about how that works, too. So I was, uh, at that time, we were milking cows every nine hours. So I did the every other day, 11, 1130 milking. Mm -hmm. And I had just gone out to push the cows around the barn to get them into where they stand before they're milked. And my phone rang, and it was Mark's dad telling me that he had gotten hurt, and the casual the casualty officer had to call me. So he hung up quick, and then the casualty officer called me, and um, I walked into the milk house, and my boss saw my face, and he asked me if it was one of my boys, and I shook my head, and he said, "Is it Mark?" And I shook my head, and then. Um, <clears throat> I got off with a casualty officer and he said, you can go home. I said, and do what? <laughs> I said, I'll milk my cows. Mm -hmm. And at that so point, I you didn't my know. my other son immediately because he has, being in the Marine Corps, he, and at that point he was a warrant officer. So he had a lot, he knew a lot better what to do and how to handle things and how to get information. Mm-hmm. So he got a hold of the stay behind Gunny and was talking to them and stuff like that to keep us updated. Okay. So before you were able to get to the hospital where Mark, when he finally got over, you know, back to these states, did you did you know anything about his injuries, or did yeah, you find so out what the final? They do, I'm sorry, but what they do. Um, so they go to, he was taken to um, Bastion at the hospital and um, a little a little bit of info on that. So apparently it was pretty kinetic at the time. And the, and the, the um, I, we don't know why, but the American helicopter couldn't go for some reason. So they called the Brits and the Brits didn't have um, somebody to guard them, but they came anyway because they knew he'd die without it. So they flew in and got him and took him to Bastion and he was listed as a British <laughs> um, soldier for a while till they figured out he was American. But, um, okay. So for how long after it, all this happened and he found out all this, did he have a British accent just for fun? <laughs> um, well, because he was in a coma for a month, um, we didn't know a lot of things and his guys um, put him on the bird without a heartbeat. So wow. they didn't yeah. know for a while that he had survived. Now we're pretty good friends. I'm pretty good friends with some of them and their families. And I was able to ask a lot of questions, mm -hmm. but um, a boy he grew up with from the time they were in kindergarten. And like, he calls me a second mom. He was actually in Leatherneck getting ready to um, go with his unit out into the desert when he heard about Mark and he ran into the hospital to try to find him, but he had already went to the next hospital, but he was able to um, find the Brits that brought him in and thank him for us. Oh, nice. That's good. Nice. So then Mark went to Bagram. Well, I guess I should back up and tell you that. And so the bomb, he he carried the 40 millimeter grenades for the grenade launcher and three of those went off. <laughs> and so um, the first night he took 120 units of blood. Wow. And then he went to uh, 
Bagram, where he took another 68 units. Jeez. And then he went to Launchstool. Um, and this is all within a day, day and a half. And I don't, I lost count of the blood from Launchstool. I didn't get those records. But um, so he was, they go to Launchstool until they are um, considered safe to fly across the ocean. Mm-hmm. But they knew if they didn't get him here quicker, um, they had to get him here quicker than some of the guys. Some guys, sometimes they have blood clots or different things that they can't transport them. So he got here in four days. Wow. wow. That sounds like a miracle in itself that he was able to get there in four yeah. days. He got to the first hospital within 30 minutes of the blast. Wow. Man. Amazing. They are amazing. And the guys that were with him, they're the ones that really saved his life. So initially, he lost both legs around the knees, right? In that general area? So the the right leg was at the knee and the left leg was mid-thigh. Okay. But then um, because of the damage from the grenades, they eventually had to use what was left of his legs to rebuild his backside. His butt was literally blown off. Wow. Arms and... Everything else was all good. He carried his gun with his arms on top of it. So usually they get hand damage because they're um, carrying their guns out like like they're um, in combat, mm-hmm. ready to shoot, or they're um, draping them. Hang, they hang down too far. They could get damage, and that's usually what happens if their gun is out in front of them or something, and they're holding it that way. But he carried his gun with his arms resting across the sling by his chest. So his hands are fine. Wow. (laughs) And you said he was in a coma for a month. Yeah, so it was pretty much a, it's pretty much an induced coma. Mm -hmm. Um, So they would give him what they call sedation holidays just to (laughs) um, wake him up and make sure he was functioning okay. Wow. Sometimes that got a little fun from the nurses. <laughs> oh, do tell. Holiday. Do tell. Well, they say the Marines all come out swinging. <laughs> and they get mad when they find out they're back in America. <laughs> and ready to go back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, mm-hmm, I can see that. And uh, what was your first conversation with him? Oh, I don't remember because... Um, we just spent so much time in the hospital and he was in, you know, like I said, they would give him the holidays where, or he would, you could tell he was upset even in his coma. So we would talk to him, play music, whatever. Can't remember. I think it was, he kept asking about his legs or something. Mm-hmm. And I finally made the one doctor go in and talk to him. And how did he take that? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I guess because they all kind of go knowing. Yep. Uh, my one friend, her son was fine until he found out he lost his thumb. Then he got upset. <laughs> was he a Marine or a Air Force? <laughs> Marine. <laughs> I'm giving he Tom a hard time. He's Air Force. <laughs> he lost his legs and partials of both hands. Wow. Uh, wow. And did you ever have both boys deployed at the same time? I was supposed to, but... Um, Dan was uh, supposed to deploy after Mark, and then um, I don't remember what happened. He didn't. He ended up not going. I think he went on the Mew then, and he would have been on the Mew if Mark would have been still in country. He would have been on the Mew by before his brother came back. Mm-hmm. But I had um, Mark and two of the boys that grew up with him at my house over at the same time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, what's what's his attitude today? He's fine. I don't know. He just does. He's just Mark. <laughs> a, a funny story, a girl he grew up with. I used to babysit her when she was like three. They grew up together all through school. And she still comes to visit a lot. And um, she was actually pregnant with her first child when Mark got injured. And um so she waited till the baby was a little older and she came to visit and um, I don't know, Mark did something dumb and she just started laughing and she started crying. She goes, oh my God, it's still Mark. And I'm like, what'd you expect? You lost his life. And she said, you don't understand. And I realized that a lot of people 
think that he'll be changed otherwise. Right. But he's still him. Sure. And, and I think that there are some, but I, but I think that is, I, I don't know. There's just something I think about the, the personality of these, these guys that go in the Marine Corps, especially when they decide early at a young age, it, they're just a special breed. I, and I, I take credit for, for mine being crazy. <laughs> <laughs> some, I think some of the guys, they, they do go through a lot. Um, some get angry, some just like, well, whatever. And they learn to deal with it pretty quick. You know, and I think some of that, don't you think it comes back to whether they have a really good support system at home too? Um, I, I guess, I mean, um, I just, I just think it's, it's just that they're Marines, you know, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be doing this without, takes a special breed to go do what they do. Amen. You know, I thought it was funny in the book, it said that um, there's be a lot of celebrities and stuff coming, you know, to talk to the injured and stuff. Sure. And that Stacy had to kind of filter that based on how Mark was doing and feeling and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't remember who it was that he was talking to, but he was talking to somebody who thanked him for coming to visit. But he said, you know, you should probably, you know, go visit the other guys that are worse off than me. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how how much worse off can you be? You know, I mean, I th- but that was well, to his credit, you know. Sure, sure. Well, I'll tell you, there's a story of a young man who uh, was blinded by the bomb. And Mark thought that was the worst thing that could have happened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Well, and Mark had a little experience with this. If we've already broken <laughs> two legs and whatever else he had done as a kid, he kind of had a little experience right. on leg issues, obviously. Yeah, cast from toes to hips, and he was riding a horse. Not on my say so yeah well you know we just can't stop them from doing things sometimes as hard as we try Um, did you're absolutely right about that um how long was he actually in the hospital you said three and a half years so um it's a little different than a civilian hospital which is i think where a lot of people Mm -hmm. uh don't understand so because he's a marine he can't just go home from the hospital. So they actually, he was the first time he was in the hospital, he was in for six months. And then um, they have, uh, it's called Building 62, Mm -hmm. and it's an apartment that we then transfer to while he does his rehabilitation and everything. And I guess part of the reason they do that is so nobody can say, well, they they dumped me out of the hospital and didn't do anything. So basically, um, we live there in this, three-room apartment and um it's right next to the hospital so he could do his pt and his ot um all his doctors were there so everything was right there and uh the marines were up in the center of the building that took care of us and they helped him oh they did they did everything for us and brought the process to help him get out and make sure he had all his um benefits and all that stuff that everything was set up there was there any training for you on how to care for him when he was, when y'all were living in that three room apartment or whatever? Well, so I'm, I, I was down there, you're considered a non-medical attendant. So basically I was supposed to see that he got to his meetings, uh, his appointments and, um, that he ate, kept the house clean, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it wasn't until, uh, it was down there that they taught me I learned wound care and I took over a lot of his and he still gets wound care but uh because of he doesn't really have his butt he has um non-native skin there the skin from the, the flesh from his legs is there so he has pressure sores and stuff for the most part for the last 12 years so um i did start doing wound care and everything and helping him with that but um so that's you just learn as you go with that stuff Mm -hmm. sure so that their wound care team is was um if i ever have questions or need anything they're right there for me they're no longer at walter reed but they're they're still available for us so does he still have to go back there 
to Walter um, Reed periodically? So he transitioned to the VA, which is what it is. But yes. um, he, we did go for a while, mainly for the his uh, PCP that he had there was a pretty amazing guy. And I still, um, he's on my speed dial whenever I need him. And, um, but uh, we kind of transferred most of his care out. And then last year he went to Ohio State to get a an operation a doctor from Walter Reed kind of and I guess he came up with it to um transfer skin and uh fat from their backs without touching the muscle to transfer it to the areas where they need it so he's out there saving limbs of other people and helping he started a military the Ohio State Med medical military program mm -hmm. Um, that will help any of the military that needs some kind of specialty care like Mark does. Hmm. So we were out there for a while last year. But tell, other than that. Tell us about the organizations there. that helped. What all, where, where, I mean, were you just bombarded with resources? Yes. Good. That's good. <laughs> yeah. That's good to hear because, right. you know, you, you never really, you, you hear horror stories on so, both sides. Um, am I allowed to name some? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So. The one that's probably the most important to us is Semper Fi Fund, America's Fund. Um, it's called, it, you can find it at thefund.org. At thefund.org, um, okay. Yeah, so they used to, Semper Fi Fund was started by Marine moms. And um, at the time that Mark was injured, they just helped Marines or anybody who was attached to them. Mm -hmm. And then, um, because they saw the need like for instance um in the operate in the in the ICU there was a family whose son was in a hum was in the army and he was in a humvee um explosion and his back and arms his head everything was broken and um there everybody was taking care of me and his parents sat there like what the so um my semper fi they give you um a case manager mm -hmm. and she would come in every day and she would see them and help them too. And then Semper Fi expanded to uh, America's fund, which took in all the rest of the services, not to the same level until they build up the funding. So they didn't have to take away from the Marine Corps, but they also helped the Boston bombing victims too. Okay. So, um, that is a large organization that that is very near and dear to us but then we have other small ones there's based in maryland it's just a family who um they would they start out just driving the cadets to the uh, annapolis from the airport and they started visiting people at the hospital they helped the guys get their trucks they partnered with different organizations and helped whatever they could um and I mean, I could go on the Yellow Ribbon Fund. There's uh, Operation Second Chance, Operation Homefront. I mean, it's 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 a list. Awesome. A long list. Now, was Wounded Warrior in their kind of not such a great phase during that time? Did y'all hear from them? Do I? <laughs> Okay, you asked. I, I did. I did. And, that, and hey, we're all about honesty so, on this um, show. When we got there, there was a backpack from Wounded Warrior Project in the in the hospital room, and it had in a pair of extra large shorts and socks. Well, hello. Thank you. That's helpful. <laughs> That'll, I'm not sure now, who that there was, was for. A girl, there was a girl named Megan who was very dear to us, who worked for them at the time, but um, she has since moved on. And um, I know the uh, the project has been taken over by a general um, who is trying to make it better. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm I'm I don't really have much more information on them. Okay, so there's no contact from them at this stage of Mark's life. Uh, no. Okay, no, which is is really sad, and that's yeah. you know, and I think that's something a lot of people don't understand that. You know, sometimes these places aren't what they profess to well, be. But I, I, I do want to say that um, we did have a trip to Montauk 
Long Island and we, Jimmy Buffett was one of the founders of, he helped with the founding of Wounded Warrior Project and um, he would, my son actually got to fish on his fishing boat and nice. um, <laughs> an, an organization called um, Freedom Fighters Outdoors was started from the captain of his fishing boat and Jimmy actually delayed a trip so he could come and meet all the guys. So we actually got to meet him. Wow. So nice. there's, I, I can't say, I can't, I can't, I'm not going to ever talk bad about an organization um, because their heart was in the right place. Mm -hmm. What some people did with it after that, you can't help, but. Right, right, exactly. And Freedom Fighters Outdoors too, that, that's also a good one. Vinny and his wife, Sarah, are amazing people. I still keep in contact with them and they take guys deep sea fishing and help them nice. with that kind of thing. Yeah. Fishing on Jimmy Buffett's boat. <laughs> All I can picture yep. is a bunch of Marines drinking beer, singing yeah. Yeah. Margaritaville. Exactly. <laughs> well, actually, um, so they had a bunch of boats that the captains came and uh, Mark was on Jimmy's boat. He was the only one in a wheelchair. So they put him on Jimmy's boat with Vinny. And um, the other guys went on different boats, and it was kind of like a, a fishing competition. <laughs> I bet it was. Yeah. <laughs> and Mark doesn't drink anymore, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, as a Marine mom, tell me what was, what was available for you? Who helped you through that? Oh, so... You know, I look at the civilian population and I've talked to people who've gone through some horrible things with their children and um, they don't have the support we have. So not only do we have Semper Fi Fund, the Marines were amazing. Um, our liaison turned out to be a man who had, we didn't know him until then, but he had married a woman who um, was a year behind Mark in school. And he went to our the rival school down the road, so he saw he saw Mark the ad like Mark's address, and he grabbed him to take care of him, and he took care of us. Wow! So the the ICU unit Walter at the time was pretty new, and we didn't have a TV or anything in there. So every day he came he came in with a coffee pot, he came in with a TV, a DVD, DVD play, a player. He came in with cases of water if i if i breathe the wrong way he brought it there <laughs> same way with the army family he would overhear them talking he'd excuse himself and come back with things for them and so the marines have a support system um there was a mom standing at the door of the icu when i got there her son was in the icu too but she had been there about a month and so she was the first one i met and um she been here about a month ago so it's it's lifelong friendships mm -hmm. Man, that's... yeah my heart my heart goes out i just i cannot i cannot even imagine but it's nice to hear that the marines are taking care of or have been taking care of their own in a manner that oh, they you're do. describing yes they do that's i can't say I can't say anything but good about most of the Marines, but that like they just the whole system for us was so much easier than some of the <clears throat> other services. Sure. <laughs> Tell us about a typical day for Mark now. Oh, so there's no real typical day because it depends if he sleeps well or not. Mm -hmm. um, he has a lot of phantom pain mm -hmm. and sometimes he just doesn't sleep well because he can't be as active as he'd like to be. Mm -hmm. um, sleep sometimes is an issue. Sure. But days like today, he's over with his um his half brother having lunch. Him and his dad went over there, and um yesterday we at, we were at a I'm working for my neighbor, and their sale was yesterday. He came up to the sale yesterday all day, so it depends on you know he 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 helps whenever he can, whatever he can. Mm -hmm. Is he still um, going out hunting hunting? Yeah, it's our right now, but um, both starts out. I mean, rifle season starts right after Thanksgiving, so yeah. he'll be out there. He did go so he could go out hunting with his rifle. Um, 
he calls it the cripple day. (laughs) (laughs) Because Pennsylvania has a day where handicapped and youth can go. They, I guess they have a couple days. You can go, they can go out uh, during archery season. They can take their rifles out. Oh, it's to encourage, you know, younger people to hunt and uh, get people out when it's not quite so crazy as, as it gets in rifle season. But after Thanksgiving, he'll go out hunting with his rifle probably every day he can. Sure, sure. What does he remember? What's the last thing he remembers? Um, He remembered uh, taking his boots off the night before, and then he doesn't remember anything for a month. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, that's... uh... Uh, you know, I, I, again, I think the hunting part is just inherent in Marines also. <laughs> Mine was just out. He and a bunch of Marines in Alabama lease. I think it's like 800 acres or something. And the hunting season starts in Alabama next weekend. And so they're, they're, they're getting ready and geared up to go. And um, Is he now he is wheelchair bound or have they been able to do any kind of prosthetics? No, he has nothing to put prosthetics on. Okay. All right. But that was a development over time, not just the initial injury, the initial injury. Okay. So the timeline of that was he was injured on a Monday and um, we got there Friday. The next Monday was Columbus Day and they came and told us they were taking his legs all the way. So they did that the following the, the, on Wednesday. So he had the parcels for a week and nine days. Okay. Wow. Would he do this podcast? Has he done any podcast? I don't know. He's a little funny about it. <laughs> I don't know. Tell him this Marine mom's going to challenge him. I want him out here. <laughs> he, always, he always defers to me whenever people... You know, want to ask questions. Um, <laughs> huh. So a story about, so we, we, we struggled for a while to get timeline. We didn't know exactly why he was so injured. We didn't know it was how he walked down the hill. We didn't know about the bombs until we actually got to see his guys come back and talk to them. Mm-hmm. And um, about, yes, about his grenades. But um, when he finally woke up enough in the ICU, he checked his Facebook and there was a message from the nurse who was with him the first night and she uh she messaged him and told her told him that um she sat up with him all night because he was in a british hospital and she wanted an american with him if he died wow (laughs) wow that's pretty special that is so i reached out to her and via facebook through his because i didn't get my facebook until later and she didn't know that there was, it was probably three years later, she contacted me because she didn't know there was the other file on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I recently contacted her and now um, we keep in touch a lot. She's out of the Air Force and she's married to a soldier. Wow. Wow. So. Yeah. Tell tell Mark, I want him on the podcast, but I want him speaking with a British accent <laughs> since he was classified yeah, as British true. for a while. <laughs> well, he used to do Arnold Schwarzenegger pretty good. <laughs> I bet he could do it. <laughs> he could claim that he's like a knight or something, right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he wishes. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I have to ask because you know there's so many that talk about PTSD and all of that stuff. We we believe it's an it's a, a an injury, but uh, what's what's his take on all that for himself? He doesn't have it because he doesn't remember anything. Yeah, he was the first casualty of his um of his battalion. He was there 12 days, and they were in the second day of the rip um, when he was injured, so he never got to shoot his gun or he never got to see anything happen so he kind of feels um ripped off mm-hmm. but not having ptsd i think is a good thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's why i wondered um, if he if he almost thought he, he should have it and so he had it because he thought he should have it <laughs> well um so only one time one time we were sitting in the hospital room and everything was quiet and all of a sudden something popped and we we have no idea what it, what it was it sounded like somebody popped a baggie mm-hmm. and he started he, he like 
automatically like started crying and then stopped and he goes why am i crying and i'm like it's your body reacting yeah yep so that's the only thing that he's ever had like you know fireworks don't bother him or anything like that good because he never he doesn't have anything to associate with that's bad now in the book it said that he was trying to or he had the hopes of starting um like to restore cars old cars and someone well, we have a we have a 46 dodge sitting in the garage yeah so that dream has come true then <laughs> well um he's working on it um <laughs> he he uh an organization called Faces of Valor actually did a fundraiser and got him tools and things and a lift. Wow. So he he does work on it. And then last summer, um, he was doing something to it and he fell off his Segway and hit his head pretty bad, ended up going to the hospital. And um, then we had the Ohio operation, so he hasn't really gotten back to it. So it's going to be a very long yeah. process. But um that's yeah, another one is Segs for Vets. They they um they give all the guys segways and now Mark's a sit down segway, so it's called an ally chair. Mm -hmm. And so it's like a chair on top of a segway bottom. Hmm. But that's that's the one he uses most. And they maintain it and everything for him. That's awesome. Fantastic. Awesome. Wow. Um yeah, there and there was something I was gonna ask. <clears throat> so it doesn't really sound like he's he's uh very li I mean, he's limited, but he's not really limited. He can he he's determined enough to do the things he wants to do. He tries, very much so. But was was he worried yeah. about his gun? Did he ask about where his gun was? <laughs> his which gun from the, from overseas? Uh huh. Well, that's not really his. So. <laughs> it should be. <laughs> I think he earned it. Yeah. <laughs> that should have been given to him. But um, yeah, does he travel much? Um, we don't. Uh, uh, plane rides were kind of hard, mm -hmm. and uh, we did. Uh, the whole family went to Canada this summer. That was kind of the thing we did ever since I'm a kid. Mm -hmm. So um, everybody got to go to Canada this year together. But that, I think, is the only trip we've done in quite a while. So if he, got, in, if he got invited to go to Alabama to hunt with a bunch of Marines. Oh, he might. I don't know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I can certainly see that door. What, tell me again what battalion and stuff he was in. I know my son's going to ask me. He was uh, India Company 3-7. Okay. Um, because he knows I I have very limited ex exposure and knowledge to these things. So, um, what can we do to help y'all? What What do y'all need? Oh, we're good. Is he facing future surgeries? Well, this last one was elective. Um, so this surgery um took so a lot of a lot of uh he had a lot of skin grafts he was sitting on mm -hmm. and this surgery, um, this past surgery removed all the skin grafts and put, um, more his native skin there. So it's better. Um, it hasn't solved some of the pain issues, but, uh, that's something else to look at in the future. So there are potentially he, things to come. Yeah. So one of the, nasty things about these guys is uh, they get this thing called heterotopic ossification Whoa. and what it is it's a crazy bone growth they don't know why it happens um dr potter from walter reed is the world-renowned specialist in it since he sees so many of these guys and mark's already had several operations to remove it and he's probably going to probably end up with more. Also, um, he's broken his pelvis about four times. So um, we're thinking some of the pain might be from some of that. Mm -hmm. so now that whatever you call that condition that some of them get, isn't that like where it's uh, bone grows where it's not supposed to? Isn't that what the problem is? Correct. Okay. Oh, yeah, wow. they can... Um, it can grow like it think of kind of like coral mm -hmm. 
growing spikes and things. Sometimes right. it grows out of their skin. Um, Mark had a plate of it in his one um, skin flap, but uh, you can see it on his CAT scans. It's spiraling out different places, hmm. and um, it can pinch when he sits sometimes or, you know, different things. Now, the phantom pain, does that ever go away? Well, if you ask the old guys, no. Um, and I find that, of course, the higher they are, the more the worse it is. Mm -hmm. uh, believe it or not, we know guys that are higher than Mark. Mm -hmm. um, and they seem to uh, have a lot more phantom pain. But there are... We have looked into things. Um, they do a ketamine coma. Mm -hmm. uh, down at Walter Reed, they were starting to do some of those. And so we're looking at that at some point, maybe. Um, a lot of the guys that get it really, they really say it helps. Mm -hmm. Does it, Do they say that it helps diminish the amount of pain or the frequency that they get the pain? I think both. Oh, okay. That's good. What about hyper, I, hyperbaric chambers? Have they done anything with regards to this? No. Um, there's a clinic near us that just opened with hyperbaric. We're going to go talk to them, I think. Yeah. I, I would encourage um, you to do that. Yeah. We, we've talked a lot, but then it's getting him to... And he kind of gets tired of all the medical stuff. Sure, sure. Yeah. No, I, I'm with him. I, I, I am fighting breast cancer currently, and I've used the hyperbaric for the neuropathy. Oh, yeah? Uh, yes. And uh, another friend of mine that I met at the cancer center, she had severe neuropathy, especially in her feet and hands. Mine is minimal, but uh, still a little annoying. But she has gotten tremendous relief from it. And I know it can be used for a whole lot of things. It's not, uh, the, the science behind it is just amazing. I mean, they use it even for anxiety and for wound care and healing and all of those things. So I, right. it's a, it's an hour in there that I'm in there with my phone and nobody can get into me. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like, yeah, I kind of feel like this is my happy place here <laughs> for an hour. And so, yeah, I yeah, would that encourage that. The ketamine research is um, pretty amazing, too, from some of the people I've talked to. They, they're using that for anxieties and things, yes. too. Yes, have quite so a it's few not really a coma. It's not, it's not really a coma. Like, I think what they've said is, like, you don't really, like, they don't really put you under, but it's mm -hmm. it's high enough dose that they have to monitor you. But I just, I just talked to the one guy that um, we knew down there that he had gotten his initial one in 2014 and I just contacted him and he said, he's about ready to go back for another one. Mm -hmm. So that, that's not bad. He got almost, you know, eight, nine years out of it. Yeah. Some of uh, the clients here that are firefighters and a couple that are law enforcement are using ketamine also treatments um, yeah. and very uh, just can't say enough good stuff about it. I have to laugh, though, when they send me texts and they're talking about flying through the air and Thor and Valor. And I'm like, cut it out. I'm getting motion sickness reading your text. <laughs> so that may prompt Mark to want to do this because it's kind of kind of interesting. Well, they all have good stories from the drugs in the ICU. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they do. <laughs> What else do you want this audience to know? Because I just feel like so many people are really and truly protected from all of this. And, and you know, I just I want the world to understand that, you know, these people are not just sitting around twiddling their thumbs. They are no. still living life. Yep. Yep. They still do whatever they can. Um, Mark, uh, an organization... Um, uh, adopt a soldier platoon they uh, helped raise the money for Mark and helped him buy a skid loader which doesn't need feet to drive <laughs> so um, he can tool around in that he helped the neighbor he does things for us he clears snow for us and different people and does things like that um the kids all love getting rides on a Segway. <laughs> I and I think one of the things, um, because there's so many of them out there that mm -hmm. I think the kids growing up today, 
will see um, handicapped people differently. Yes. I know my grandchildren will. Well, it's not, you know, we shouldn't be looking just because someone's handicapped, if they're, you know, missing a limb or two or whatever, that we shouldn't look at them as what they can't do. Right. Because they can do a lot. And most of them do. He's doing more than I'm doing. I, you know, I, I I have a mental handicap. My son calls it dementia. I say, no, it's chemo brain. But, um, yeah, you know, seriously. And um, my mom, my mom worked in the VA hospital for 32 years. And um, she would always she taught me to look people in wheelchairs in the face. And I do notice that people will talk to me instead of him. Mm-hmm. They'll ask me about him in front of him. Oh, and I like he can talk. Yeah, <laughs> yep, exactly. Yes. But yes. I think I think if anything, that's what I would like to change is. And I, I get it. He looks funny. So people stare and. You know, we're used to it and we don't mind. Um, and we want kids to ask because they're curious. Mm-hmm. Um, it bothers me when adults react badly. Because then I don't think they're teaching their children to uh, accept. Right. But, you know, we're just so used to it. It, it, You know, it is what it is. I think it's some people just don't know what to say. And, you know, sometimes it's better just to say, I don't know what to say. Right. Um, I gave a speech at the the medical college on Walter Reed. I gave a speech to the psychiatric class and I took questions. And the one guy said, so what do we say if we meet one of the guys? I'm like, I said, how about hi? <laughs> good for you. It's a good start. Just like, oh. Like, no, just because he's missing legs doesn't mean he missed his brain. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Does he tend to reach out and try to help other Marines that he hears about that maybe were injured after him? <clears throat> I Down there, uh, I don't know how to say because we weren't allowed. I mean, there was a guy that was having, we heard about was having issues in the ICU and he wanted to go down and tell him it was worth it. Mm-hmm. But, um, of course we technically couldn't, but, um, we're kind of, we're kind of isolated. Here. Um, I shouldn't say we're isolated, but except for my son-in-law, we don't, there's nobody around here that, you know, we don't know other wounded guys around here except my son-in-law and they hang out a lot together. And then, uh, well, and then he, my son-in-law has a band and his uh, drummer's a triple and his guitar player's a single and they come and Mark hangs out with them sometimes, but they're all kind of in the same place where they're all just doing, living life and doing what they want. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, with internet and zoom and all those things, there's all kinds of <laughs> ways that they could reach out or, he could reach we don't out have and help internet. <laughs> Oh, and he lives with you where you don't have internet. Gotcha. So um, he, we have a room built. Uh, he has a, his own area built onto my house. Mm-hmm. He is working on his, but we'll get there. Just mm-hmm. like the Dodge, we'll get there eventually. <laughs> the Dodge. <laughs> well, you tell him. I still want him on the podcast. I think we could have a good time having a conversation. <laughs> I'll tell him. We'll see what he says. Yeah, tell him we'd love for him to come on and tell his story and not have to have his mom tell it. <laughs> yeah, he usually just defers to me anyway. Well, no, tell him we're not going to I'm not going to let him do that. No way. Uh-uh, no. Well, Stacy, thank you so much for coming on. I, I tell you, I just feel like I have a, a kindred bond with you because you have endured what I had feared, obviously, all of us as moms of Marines. But um, I, I am just in awe of how y'all are handling this and how uh, it sounds like Mark is. And that's why I want him to come on here and talk to me himself. And, uh, it, you know, well. if. If there's a way we can help it under the shield at all, we would be honored to reach out. And one, one quick story. I was, yeah. I was visiting with a lady whose um, son was a Navy SEAL who died in one of the helicopter crashes. And she was looking at Mark and she said to me, I don't know how you do it. And I'm like, what? She says, I don't know how you do it. I said, why? She said, well, every day. I'm like, yeah, I get my every day. What did you get? A flag. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. And she said, you know, I never looked at it like that. Yep. Exactly right. I, I consider myself very lucky. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm with you. It's a blessing to have them. And that's really kind of interesting. She wouldn't see that given that she right. had lost hers and kind of sad. Um, yeah, I, I try. Don't, I, don't, I don't think it is sad. I think. Um, I think it just changed. It just changes perspective. I think her perspective was just looking at it differently. Sure. Right. And she may feel like her son couldn't have handled it maybe as well. Oh, he could have. He could have. You don't become a seal and oh he, oh right. I, oh I, okay yeah no you're right yeah. <laughs> they're up there at the top of that list that's for sure yep yep they are well again uh, you know we are just honored that you would come on and spend this time with us today and we're going to challenge you, for me. you bet and we're going to challenge Mark to come on here <laughs> he can bring his brother with him the the two Marines can get on here I bet that would be an interesting conversation wouldn't it. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> you can sit in the background and listen. <laughs> but we just, we appreciate your time and we appreciate your service. You know, I said something to somebody at church this morning because they were asking everybody walking in church, were you a veteran? And I said, no, I was better. I gave birth to the veteran. And, and he, he, the guy looked at me kind of funny and I said, yeah, my son's a Marine. And I said, you know, us moms, you wouldn't have these people if it wasn't for us. <laughs> We're the ones who carried him nine months. We ought to get credit for it somewhere along the line. And he goes, you General know. General Amos always told us he was coming on the Marine Corps at the time, and he said that um, he always told us moms we outrank him. That's right. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm with him. <laughs> well, our best to your family, and we just can't say thank you enough to you, to Mark, to your sons, your whole family for uh, service and sacrifice and the things that you're continuing to do. And we would, you know, the speaking out, the book writing, um, I, I'm just in awe of, of who you are and your whole family. And we just thank you so much for all, all that you have, have done for this country and your sons have done. Well, thank you for what you do. Thank you very much. And again, we're going to get Mark on here. If I have to badger him, I'm going to find a way. Is he on Facebook? Can I, can I stalk him on Facebook? <laughs> oh, you can, but he don't ever look at it. Oh, doggone it. <laughs> well, just tell him I challenged him, and uh, I can get him a, a, a date with a bunch of crazy Marines hunting down in Alabama and some really prime hunting land. And uh, I know they would love to have him down there, so... All right. Thank you very much. You bet. Tom, you got anything? No. Um, other than, uh, again, I thank you, Stacy. Uh, it was a pleasure to meet you and talk to you today and, and learn more about Mark and, and everything that it involves his story. Um, but I guess for our listeners out there, um, again, if we have a um, toll-free number for you to call, um, 24-7. If you need to reach out to somebody, you're living in dark times, uh, we're here for you. Uh, you can reach us at 855-889-2348. If you hit extension 1, let it ring. Uh, it will go to the next available stress coach, uh, and you will get somebody. Um, may take a few minutes, but just hold on. It'll get to the next available person. If you want to reach Susan directly, you can hit extension 2, or you can call her cell phone. Which is 334-324-3570. And what I tell you is, if the sun is up in Arizona, <laughs> you, you might have to look that up. But if the sun's up in Arizona, you text me. If the sun is down, you call me. Uh, extension 2 will get you David Cohen, our counterpart down in Alabama. Uh, extension, extension three. Oh, sorry, extension Two is three. Susan, will. Three is David. Uh, extension four is myself, or you can call me on my cell phone at 480-861-6574. Uh, and a big shout out to all the families uh, because you guys make the ultimate sacrifice of sending your loved one off to whether it's war, whether it's their daily job as a police officer or firefighter. Uh, you guys have to make that sacrifice, and that's a, a big sacrifice that we uh, can't tell can't you, enough. you enough. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's tough. I I couldn't imagine. So. And I want to I want to say one thing too, real quickly, to Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department that had four commit suicide within 24 hours. 
on Monday, which would have been this past Monday, would have been, yeah, whatever date that was. Um, anyway, it's uh, fifth? Uh, the Monday before Veterans Day, because I'm not sure when this will air. But, uh, yeah, one was retired, three were active, and my understanding is that made it eight uh, suicides at Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department this year. And, you know, again, we, we reiterate over and over and over every week, everything here is anonymous. You can be Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck. It doesn't matter. This is for military. This is for uh, law enforcement, all first responders and families. It's not about uh, what your name is or who you work for. It's about getting help. And uh, we are not going to breach that. It's the strongest form of confidentiality. So please, if you're in that dark place, uh, give us a call. Let, let us try to help and call that crisis line and hit extension one or call our cell phones directly uh, because we can help. And we just ask you, we know it's a tough call, but please reach out. But our hearts go out to all of them at Los Angeles County yes. Sheriff's Department and the families because I can't even imagine. Uh, I'm sure it's it's something that they don't even begin to know how to process that. And uh, it is a it's a tough life. But Thank you again. And again, Stacy, thank you so much. And God bless you and your family. God bless all of our military first responders and their families in this great nation that we live in. We wish you a very, very, you and your family, Stacy, a very happy holiday season. Merry Christmas. Happy Thanksgiving. Whatever else, Kwanzaa, I don't know, <laughs> uh, whatever else you, you, you celebrate. But uh, you're in our thoughts and prayers, and we just pray that it's a great holiday season for you. Same to you. Thank, thank you, you very so much. much.